0: Welcome to all of our listeners, this is Sharissa Tarosian and it's my privilege to welcome you to our afternoon weekly program, Looking Up. And I'm joined in the studio today by my wonderful co-host, Danny Milenkov, and also my wonderful husband, Justin Tarosian, and of course, the wonderful Liam, who makes all things audible and also work. <laughs> so Most of the time. Most of the time. And, Sorry
1: team, that was my bad.
0: That's all right look we're really excited to be back and uh, I wasn't here last week Danny so I'm not quite sure what you got up to.
2: Well it went really well without you actually. No, <laughs> no, just, it kid- it no just kidding. Um, yeah we certainly missed you and we had, uh, we had a special guest, Sam. Uh-huh. Sam Branstein, he shared his testimony. It was oh, really a wonderful. powerful testimony. So if some of our listeners um, didn't get an opportunity to hear his testimony, an in- incredible journey, oh. and, he, and we sort of unpacked the great controversy as well, um, they can go to our website. And you can maybe give the details to that.
0: Yes, and so I'll do that right now. If you are listening, this is our website, faithfm.com.au. You can go there, find all previous podcasts of this radio program. And the number that you can reach us on is 1-800-324-843, or you can text 491 Zero six four six six nine. 669 So uh, this is very exciting because we've got um, a really exciting program this afternoon you won't want to miss it we're going to be talking about how the Bible intersects with all kinds of prophecies and also how those prophecies intersect with what's happening in our world right now and I guess at this point I'd also like to make you aware of the fact that we still have a free offer available isn't that right? That's
2: right yeah we're going to be giving away Um, the classic apocalyptic classic The Great Controversy written Mm. more than a century ago but literally um, out of the front pages of our news headlines today so we're going to talk about that um, today and yeah we'll give that at the end of the program so make sure you don't go away and make sure you're there at the end when we're giving it away to the first caller
0: there you go so there you heard it's for the first caller so if you do want that be sure to call or text us and we will make sure if you're the first one in that you get a copy of that book well is there anything you want to say about being here today my husband
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's just a blessing to uh to be a part of looking up excited to be here and uh, looking forward to Talking together and taking a look at the Bible and what it has to say and modern events as well, current events, and how they're fulfilling Bible prophecy. Can't
0: wait. Well, with that, folks, enjoy this wonderful song by Reggie and Lady Love Smith.
4: Remember the sabbath to keep it holy, honor the day that our Lord commands us to cease our toiling, and we obey.
0: has to be one of my most favourite songs And I actually know the couple that sing that personally They're wonderful people Well, uh, we've kind of changed seats a little bit in the studio today I'm now sitting where Danny has been sitting And I'm on my L plates But I think it'd be good for us to share with our listeners Not just the fact that we've changed seats today But also there's been a bit of drama around the studio Mm.
1: Big drama
0: Um, Yeah, and actually our producer here is was right there where the action happened. So, Liam, tell us what's just happened in the studio.
1: It's not, look, it's not just the studio. The whole the, the, the studio that we broadcast from is um, in, located inside the, the, the main office of the North New South Wales Conference Office of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Right. And um, my, our studio in particular, I, uh, I found a bee just, just wandering about, uh-huh. and um, I tried my best to, to help him out. And um, just as I got him outside the window, he was inside the uh, the office, and I tried to get him outside the window. Just as I got him out, he decided to turn on me and attack me, mm. and he stung my finger. Now, thankfully, I uh, I don't uh, have a severe reaction to to bee beast or bee stings. Um, however, there are a number of other people in in the office that do react quite severely. Oh, really? No, so it was it was quite uh, quite shocking. But after that, we had some. We've got a, a, another little house down down near the conference office. That our volunteers stay at, mm-hmm. and they've got a whole swarm of. They came up saying that they've got a whole swarm of bees at at down at the house, and they've just in the started room, right? they in started. in the room. In the room, that's it. They're just appearing out of everywhere. There's some in the kitchen, so you know if you could just keep us in your pra- <laughs> keep keep us in your prayers. It, it's it's pretty high octane stuff at the moment.
0: That's wow. amazing. Pretty
1: intense.
2: I I have a theory, Liam, why that bee stung you. Why's that? Uh, you're a you're a Queensland supporter, <laughs> oh, yeah. and Where that bee, no, no, that no, no, bee no, no, no. was very no, much no, no, ticked no, no. off That's by <laughs> what happened last week. That'd and the- um it was just it was just. It just wasn't right. Um, what happened? It was a whole... That yeah. would be
1: the cockroaches, brother, Danny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. Well, 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 well. So that is pretty exciting. And have you ever been stung by a bee before?
1: Um,
2: I believe I haven't been.
0: Oh, really? Uh, I,
2: don't, I don't think I have been. Um, yeah, what about, what about you, uh, Justin? Yes,
3: definitely been stung by bees before. Honeybees, wasps, hornets, you name it. Wow. Wow. No, it's
2: it's it's serious business like you said Liam. Um there are those that have a, an allergic erection, reaction and and depending on where the bee stings you if it stings you somewhere near your airways
0: mm-hmm. you know it
2: could be could be fatal. That's mm,
0: true. So true. So yeah, I hope that uh, we got to pray that they can get yeah. those that swarm that cloud of bees out of the bedroom of the house behind our studio here tonight. Uh, Yeah, Well, on that note, um, that's not the only thing that's happening. There's a lot happening in our world. Uh, What's been happening? Anything in the news that stood out to either of you guys this week?
2: Well, I guess for me, um, one of the things that is standing out more and more, and that is the uncertainty in our world. Mm. Um, We have, you know, we, we, we obviously have this COVID pandemic, you know, continuing and, and growing. Mm-hmm. I, had a look at, I had a look at some numbers coming out of the US just today on the ABC News website, and they were showing this uh, graph um, from, from about March, April, when the first wave hit the United States, and they're into their third wave
0: wow you know they're
2: into their third wave and this third wave is just going through the roof and I think you know we've been watching that on our news so I don't need to say too much people are are very well aware of of the situation there the the hospitals that are starting to max out um, a number of states there in the United States uh, 20% of the beds in the hospitals in those states I think about five or so states there's 20% Mm. uh, are COVID patients Mm. and so you know (laughs) <laughs> the medical system's already on the stretch, uh, not to mention you know all the other things that are going on, the economy. I think that's yeah so I think, <sighs> It's interesting. I probably won't say too much uh, now. Um, I'll probably end over to Justin. He might want to share. But I find it fascinating. We may, we may tap into this today or maybe another time. Mm. But next year is, is seen as a pivotal year for our world. Um, economically speaking, in particular, uh, there's a lot of people who are saying there's the possibility of a huge economic collapse next year, a restructure of our world economy, the World Economic Forum mm. has come out. You know, with the front cover of Time magazine, which I subscribe to, The Great Reset. Yeah. Um, And so there's, you know, COVID is being seen as the springboard for... Uh, world change such Mm. as we have not seen in our lifetimes be it environmentally be it economically be it socially even religiously speaking and so I think there's a lot of things um, brewing and next year is going to be a fascinating year so
0: Mm. true what about you
3: Justin absolutely I'd say uh, two things stand out in my mind this week this Uh, Thursday of this week in America is Thanksgiving Mm. and next year is the 400th anniversary since the first Thanksgiving way back in 1621 but this year I believe is a historic Thanksgiving because to my knowledge it's the first time that Americans have been limited on how many people they can gather with in their homes at least in the state of California where my family is as well Mm. as a number of other states I think the number is six in Oregon if I'm not mistaken just north of California in California, it's six as well, or wow. five. And so it's definitely strange times. And I think more and more people are feeling the stress and the pressure from being under this new way of life that we're all just hoping will go away uh, next year, which kind of leads into the, the second and final thing I'll say on this. And that's that many people are putting their hope for normalcy returning to the world, not only in the... Upon the economic reset, like you mentioned, uh, Danny, but also upon a vaccine. Mm, and yes. I just, the headline earlier this week that Qantas will not allow international travels unless someone has proof of vaccination. Mm. Uh, it, it just feels like we're entering into a very different time where there has never, to my knowledge, ever been a vaccine required in order to have international travel. And that's just one of the many airlines. I'm not saying every single airline will go down that route, but um, we sure hope that for individuals who want to make the personal decision not to take the vaccine, that there are ways that they're able to travel internationally as well and so yeah all of these things but really people are looking forward to next year and a vaccine and the economic reset Mm. that is being talked about as a savior of sorts or a way of fixing the problem or going back to normal but yeah it just seems that next year many are postulating could be worse than this year Mm. as far as COVID goes.
2: If I could just add to that, Charissa,
3: um, it's interesting
2: because 2,000 years ago in Revelation 13, and we're probably going to look at that again, well we will look look at that again today, you know uh, strange words appeared that that people thought were just, you know, off the planet, um, totally ludicrous where Mm. we read that unless you're willing to receive this mark of the beast, Mm. um, that you won't be able to buy and sell, that there's going to be worldwide sanctions on those who are not willing to comply. And that seemed very far-fetched up until the beginning of this year. But now, like what Justin has shared, if you want to travel overseas, um, you may need to have a COVID vaccine. And if you want to do this, you will need to do that. Um, And a lot of these things have been slowly introduced. Like I know there's um, I've got family members that that don't um, want to vaccinate their children. You know, there's a lot of people who feel that way. Um, And if you don't, well, then, you know, you're not able to send your children um, to COVID some 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 kindergartens right. uh, for or, or daycares or whatever the case may be and and so and the and you're not a, you're not entitled to certain government um uh, what do you call it you know government benefits mm. if you don't so we're seeing more and more of that and it's interesting to see how everything is played out but you can clearly see how revelation's big picture that well, it gives us yeah. is beginning to take shape so, so it's true. really fascinating yeah i i personally think 2021 is going to be Far bigger than 2020. And people are like, Danny, you are mad. You are mad. What's wrong with you? Bigger than 2020. I personally believe that. I'm willing Mm. to state that right now, that 2021 is going to be more significant, prophetically Mm. speaking, Mm -hmm. than 2020.
0: Wow, Mm. folks, you heard that live on Faith FM in the Looking Up show. Look, I think we opened so many... um, interesting and hot topics in that just brief discussion Mm. i know that um for me this week i'm very excited about the fact that the borders to queensland are opening (laughs) and so is liam liam has special interests there he's raising his fist to the sky in studio but yeah i'm very excited that that's opening especially as we head to Mm. christmas when families will want to be reuniting with others but yeah, I am concerned about the things that we've seen in the vaccine space. And actually, Justin and I had a unique experience. Was it last week? Yeah, last Friday, we got COVID tested. We had our first oh, COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah, got the, I experienced it. Did and, you do uh, it? You tell them, Justin.
3: <laughs> it was like they tickle your brain on, through yeah. both of your nostrils. Yeah, That's <laughs> just the Q-tip is like the longest thing you've ever wow. seen. Anyways, yeah. uh, definitely not pleasant, but no. yeah. we're glad to know the results. Of course, were negative, and yeah. good to know that people around us can rest assured that our, our sniffle and sore throat wasn't COVID.
0: Yeah, yeah. but uh, who results? would have thought? Who
2: would have thought? Like 12 months ago, you have a little sniffle, and you and yeah. you go there for someone yeah. to poke your nose. <laughs> I've had that happen, and they discovered that they discovered I didn't have COVID. And that my and that my brain was very limited as well. I went so far <laughs> so. they couldn't actually find the brain. It kind of came up empty. <laughs>
0: <All> <laughs>
2: anyway, right. so the two discoveries: no COVID and no brain.
0: <laughs> no, we know you have <laughs> one. Know, no, that's for, for sure. sure. <laughs> um, so, what about the election, the US election? Oh. Have we Is it landed? still going? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like um, it looks like. I believe, if memory serves me right, um, Trump's uh, lawsuit in the state of Michigan uh, was failed, if I'm not mistaken, and that the state of Michigan officially declared their uh, their win was for Joe Biden. Mm. The electoral votes went to him, and it looks like after that that uh, there's no real way for Trump to win uh, the election. If it goes, you know, his challenges go to the Supreme Court. The the lawsuits that he and Rudy Giuliani, his lawyer, lead lawyer, have filed. Um, it looks like he's beginning to concede. There was a comment made, and so maybe you remember those details a little more than I, or even Danny, if you saw those. But yeah, he basically told his staff to prepare for the handover. Yeah, for the transition team. The transition, that's mm-hmm. right, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's certainly still dominating our news every day. And I guess, you know, all of these things, as you said, Danny, next year is going to be even more prophetically significant than this year.
2: I totally believe that.
0: And I think all of these things are just telling us, they're shouting at us that, the coming of Jesus is soon Mm. and now's the time to be looking up.
2: Amen. Now's the time
0: to be um, making sure that you have a relationship with Jesus because He will Mm. come and He's Mm. coming soon.
2: And that's the most important thing. You are right, Sharissa. We can know all these things, but if we don't know Jesus and if we don't have a relationship, it's to no avail. Mm. So right. this is eternal life that they may know you, the mm-hmm. only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, John seventeen three. So that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like the reason why God gives us prophecy is so that we can uh, know what is coming but be prepared mm. and we don't have to be afraid because if we read the back of the book, in the back of the book, there's a happily ever after ending. God mm. will restore all things. He'll make all things new. And uh, yeah, it's an exciting time to be alive. That's right. And so I'm very excited about what we're about to um, open up and study in our next segment. It's coming soon. But um, we've been stepping through the three angels messages on this program. And it's just the most incredible message. And it's a message right for today mm. in 2020. And uh we've seen that this is a message that's to go to the whole world. That's right. Which is why this message is beaming on this radio station right now because we want people to be aware of what God wants them to know at this time for such a time as this. And isn't it great that God, in His love, sends messages Mm. to prepare us for the times that are before us?
3: Amen. Absolutely. You know, some people, they, uh, they say, well, Why does God give such strong warning messages in different parts of the Bible? And if you look at the third angel's message, Mm, um, don't take the mark of the beast, you know, and all of this. Um, Yeah, the reason that God, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead of us, but the reason that God gives such strong warnings at different points in the Bible is because of the intensity of his love for us. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Amen. It's a bit like a mother if she saw a child running, her child running across the street, she might scream at that mm. child. But it's because her love for her her child compels her to act in a very unique and significant way to save her child. Mm. That's right, man. Well, um, we're about to transition now to a wonderful song. Actually, Justin, you might know this couple, Matt and Josie Minikus.
3: Haven't met them personally, okay. but uh, I. I have spoken to them on the phone.
0: All right, they have a wonderful music ministry. I've never met them, but I know lots of good things about them. And they're going to be singing a song called Temple of Time. Mm. And it's a beautiful song. And actually, I think we're following a bit of a Sabbath theme here in the music this afternoon. Uh, The previous song was Remember the Sabbath. This one, Temple of Time, also about the Sabbath. And I know that as you listen to it just now, you're going to be very blessed.
5: God took six days and created earth and moon and stars and sun on the set. how this world
0: So excited now because we are about to begin our Bible study and we've already had a little preview of all the events that are happening in the world and you're about to see as we go through this together why this matters so much as we look at what the Bible says. And I set us up a little bit before we went to the news break and um, we were just recapping that we have been in Revelation chapter 14. We've been exploring what are described as messages for the world, the everlasting gospel carried by three angels and is taken to the world. And we're up to the third angel's message, and in the third angel's message, as Justin mentioned, it's a very, um, it's a very solemn message, a very urgent warning which I'm just going to read from Revelation 14, verse 9, to remind our listeners, the Bible says, Then a third angel followed them, that's the first two angels that carried the first two messages, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, and then verse 10 says, He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, and it goes on. So, Uh, Danny, we've been stepping through this passage very, um... Slowly and thoroughly, but these verses took us to Revelation chapter thirteen. Did you want to recap up to where we got in that?
2: Sure, Charissa. Um, yeah, we have here obviously mentioned uh, not once but twice in verse nine and verse eleven uh, God's warning, and as you pointed out, and as Justin pointed out, it's 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 the most urgent, the most serious warning that God gives, not just in the Book of Revelation but in all the Bible, and. And we have uh, God saying under no circumstances are we to worship the beast or his image or receive his mark mm. on our right hand or on our forehead. And here we're not told who the beast is. We're not even told what the image of the beast is or, or the mark of the beast or any of that. That's right. So the only place, well, we, we, we need to go a chapter earlier mm-hmm. where, where this beast is first mentioned. We have in chapter 13 two beasts mentioned. We have a first beast, uh, which we've already identified as the Reformers have. Um, that, that is the, the Roman church state or the Roman papacy. And then we also have a second beast that arises mm-hmm. um, out of the earth. So the first beast comes out of the sea, yep. which is a populated region, which is where the Church of Rome did originate there in Western Europe. And then we have a second beast, another beast that comes up out of the earth. So mm-hmm. that would be uh, sparsely populated area and we have discovered that according to the identification marks given here in particular in verse 11 of chapter 13 that this is speaking of none other than the United States of America Mm -hmm. and we know that because we have the timing element here Mm -hmm. Uh, this power comes up uh, when this first power or the Roman papacy is going into captivity and we know that the Roman papacy went into captivity in 1798 when Napoleon sent his army general berthier into rome and he took the pope captive we also um as i've pointed out, it comes up out of the earth so a sparsely populated area it has two horns like a lamb we we've discovered that those two uh, a horn represents a kingdom um so the united states was established on two kingdom principles uh, that jesus recognized uh the a government without a king mm-hmm. and um, and a church without a pope. That's so right. yeah, freedom of religion and 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 civil and religious freedom, and that's in the first amendments of the, of the constitution. Uh, we also uh, discovered that that this power would come up uh, slowly, mm-hmm. almost imperceptibly, and uh, but it would become a worldwide. Power that would dominate uh, the world and we know that from verse 12 because he exercises um, incredible power that he forces the whole world to worship according to the dictates of the Church of Rome. So that's where we have been up to Mm -hmm. and we've also looked at how this power, the United States of America, that begins lamb-like, Christ-like, that's part of the thing, it's got two horns like a lamb, ends up speaking like a dragon or or acts in the way of the devil. And the, the devil has two key strategies that he employs in order to receive what he ultimately wants, which is worship, which is what he always wanted at the beginning when, when, he, became Luc- when he became the devil and Satan. And that is he uses force and deception. Mm. So he uses cause and deception. Um, So yeah, so that's what that's where we've been. That's just a little summary. All
0: right. So thank you for catching us up on all of that. It's just amazing if you follow where the evidence leads. It leads you without question to identify that second beast as the United States of America. There's just no other nation that fits the characteristics Mm. which Mm. the Bible outlines. And as you've just pointed out, it's you know, history confirms. So I guess at this point, we're up to something that's really, I really love this subject. <laughs> um, it's actually the image of the beast. And I guess maybe um, one of you might like to comment, what is this image? We, we did talk about this, I think, two weeks ago. But just to recap, what is this image?
3: Yes, the the image of the beast. And and you guys may have covered in weeks prior uh, the the basis we find for this in history in the Bible Daniel chapter 3 where this beast power Babylon um, basically the king this political ruler he sets up an image of gold commands everyone to bow down and worship this image as a sign of allegiance to him And um, these three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we cannot because God says in the second commandment, don't bow down, don't worship any graven image. Mm. And so they didn't. They were thrown in the fiery furnace. God miraculously preserved them. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw and he saw Jesus in the fiery furnace with them and asked his advisors, why didn't we throw three guys into the fire? I see a fourth and he looks like the son of God. And so the statue was 60 cubits high and uh, six cubits wide and so this is an illusion and it's pointing us forward to the 666 uh, being the the mark or the number rather of this beast's power the image of the beast like ancient babylon at that time uh, is a church state system combined mm-hmm. religion and government combines where a government civil government will eventually force people in uh, modes of worship Uh, by passing a law for that to be done. And so we see here, the Bible says in Revelation uh, 13 that there is an image, and it says image of the beast, it says image, that word, uh, four times within two verses. Hmm. It's, I think it's probably the most repeated phrase, yeah. And it's because God wants us to know what that is. And so we're also, we're beginning to see uh, rumblings of religious liberty disappearing in America. And um, yeah, so much to say on the topic, but that's what the image of the beast is.
2: And if I could just go one one step uh, back all the way to the beginning on the image, the first time that term image appears in scripture is when God creates Mm. Adam and Eve. And he creates them in his own image, yes. the Bible yeah. says, according that's to right. his likeness. And as I think about how God created Adam and Eve, he created them with the ability to love and be loved. And he gave them the choice. Mm. He gave them the choice to, to either worship God out of love or not. And that's why he placed two trees in the garden. Mm-hmm. And that was, I guess, the first voting booth you could say. Mm. You know, who were they <laughs> going to vote for? Were they going to vote for God mm. and just enjoy from the tree of life? Or were they going to vote for the enemy? Um, and eat from that forbidden tree. And so this image is established in Revelation um, and, and in particular at the end of time to take away from God's original image for the human race, which was to give freedom. Mm. There's no freedom in this image because it causes. And that term cause appears, I think, three times in mm. the text causes 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 you know it's force, another word force, forces force. forces and if you're not going to you know follow then you won't be able to buy and sell and ultimately there'll be a death decree as there was in the days of Daniel as mm. Justin pointed out yeah,
0: excellent so yes. it's
2: the complete opposite god's image yeah. is the complete opposite to satan's image at the yeah. end of time
3: that's right and i think that the the first beast in revelation 13 was you know the, the Roman church state system in the dark Ages mm. as it persecuted God's people, this was a religious and political power combined, church and state combined. And so in the context of Revelation 13, having all of the previous understanding of us being made in God's image, mm. you know and designed to reflect his character, uh, what happened in Babylon here, we have the United States, this earth beast, setting up an image to the first beast
0: that's, that's of right.
3: Revelation 13, which is the a Roman church state system. Image. And yeah. so just yeah, yeah. like, you know, we had a, <laughs> we visited our friend who who had a son some time ago. Um and I tell you, that kid, like, if you put glasses and a beard on him, he would, you couldn't, you could hardly tell them apart. Like, they look so, well, he's the spitting image of his dad. Yeah. And we say that about children, you know, that someone, oh, it's the spitting image of her mom or yeah. the spitting image of her dad. And the Bible here is saying that there will be this religio political power, church and state combined at the end of time that will be a picture of what the Roman church state system was during the period of the Dark Ages when it trampled upon right of conscience. Mm. And that and that is just that's off the charts.
2: To try and and grapple with the thought that the United States of America would become the complete opposite mm. to how it began. Because I mean the United States and, and Justin, he's from over there. Yeah. Uh, he will know the history a whole heap better than, than me and, and possibly you. But the United States was, was formed um, with the separation of church and state out of, out of the persecution that arose in Western Europe.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so as the pilgrims came mm-hmm. out some 400 years ago, as mm-hmm. you pointed out, next year to be 400 years since the first Thanksgiving was mm-hmm. celebrated in 1621. They, they, they left persecution in order to establish the freedom of worship. And that's how the United States began in its Mm, constitution, the First Amendment. And for it to turn around and go back to where... Things where it's 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 almost impossible to imagine, but the Bible says it will happen.
0: Yeah, this wow. is epic stuff, and I'm really excited about what we're going to do in just a few minutes. But as you just, I just want to chip in one extra thing here, where you talked about how God made us in His image, and then uh, Adam and Eve sinned, and the image of God uh, was. I guess defaced in, in, in man but God wants to restore us yeah. to his image and I just want to share this one beautiful verse it's 2nd Corinthians 3 verse 18 but it says but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed yeah. into the same image mm-hmm. from glory to glory just <laughs> as by the spirit of the Lord so yes at the end of time there's going to be two groups one group is going to you know worship the beast and his image that's what the Bible says and we have identified what that is. And there'll be another group that will be transformed into the image of God. His image will be restored in His people mm. as they spend time with Him. And the Holy Spirit works in their lives to transform them to be just like Him. Mm. That's an amazing Powerful. thing. All right, so let's start with this very loaded question. I just observed in my Bible that there's a link in verse 3 of chapter 13 to the end of chapter 12 speaking of the first beast, saying that his deadly wound would be healed and all the world would marvel and follow the beast. And then I see this setting up of the beast happening in verses 14 and 15. And maybe I'll read those two verses and then I'm going to chuck it to you guys um, to answer the question, are we seeing this image being developed today? So here we go. I'm just going to read Revelation 13, 14 and 15. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. That's a very clear link to the first beast of chapter 13. Verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. We've got two minutes before we have to go to a break. But how are we seeing this image being set up in the world today? That's an open question.
3: Justin, oh, over you. You know, so much to say. I'll just say this and of course we can add more later. Uh, Danny, I'd love to hear what uh, you'd like to share on this too. In 1947, Supreme Court Justice in America, Hugo Black, while ruling in a court case, he reminded everyone that in the words of Thomas Jefferson, there is a wall of separation between church and state. And then he said strongly that this wall must be kept high and impregnable. 1947. Wow. Now, sadly, 43 years later, you fast forward to 1990, and Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia said that religious liberty is a luxury that we can no longer afford. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> so, I mean, wow. Like, instead of it being a God-given right for everyone, just 43 years later, um, yeah, Scalia says that it's a luxury that we can no longer afford. And there are other quotes as well from other Supreme Court justices within the last 20, 30 years, uh, yeah, that um, basically say the same. hmm That's phenomenal. I'm I'm just trying
2: to get my head around that um, quote from Anthony Scalia. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, it's mind-boggling that it's a luxury. He said that. It's a luxury.
3: I mean, our founding fathers basically said that this is a God-given right that everyone has, no matter what they believe.
0: Inalienable.
3: That's right. An inalienable right Mm. given to us by our Creator, but here it's called a luxury, and not just a luxury, but one that we can no longer afford. Wow. scary mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty shocking
0: I want to come back and talk more about some of those um, things you, you sound like you got do you want to add another quote
3: oh go ahead no no, yeah.
0: no. I want to come back and talk about the, the Supreme Court too because I think there's some interesting dynamics in that as well but we have to have a, uh, a little break we're going to go to a song it's called Mystery of Mercy and then we'll come back I
6: am the woman at well I am the harlot. I am the scattered seed that fell along the path I am the sun that ran away And I am the bitter sun that stayed My God, my God, why hast thou accepted me When all my love was vinegar to a thirsty king my God, my God, why hast Thou accepted me? It's a mystery of mercy and a song, a song I sing. I am the angry man who came to stone the lover. I am the woman there ashamed before the crowd. I am the leper that gave thanks. The night that never came My God, my God Why hast Thou accepted me When all my love was vinegar To a thirsty King My God, my God Why hast Thou accepted me a mystery of mercy and the song Is all I sing You may God, my God, why hast thou accepted me? know, my love was vinegar to a thirsty king. My God, my God, why hast thou accepted me? It's a mystery, mercy, and a song. A song I sing, my God. No My God!
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Looking Up, and we are in the middle of a wonderful Bible study. And we're talking about how Bible prophecy is being fulfilled right now. We've been uh, just to set this up. We've just started to look at how are we seeing the image of the beast being formed an image to the beast, an image of the beast being formed in the United States. And so Justin's just said some incredible quotes. I'd like us to elaborate a bit more on that. I know you guys have a lot more to say about it. Is there anything you want to add to what was said or should we start talking about the Supreme Court? I think Danny's got something. Um,
2: Yeah, Justin mentioned uh, a couple of incredible quotes, one from I think back in 1947 or Mm -hmm. something like that and another one some 40-odd years later. And that really, I hadn't heard that one, and that was just really mind-boggling. Um, but here, here's another one also uh, from, this is the, he, wa- he was uh, the Chief Justice, um, William Rehnquist. Mm. And he, he said this back in 1985, so that's, that's many moons ago, that's I guess 35 years ago, regarding this separation of church and state, which is there, uh, which is the very foundation of the United States of marriage, a part of its The Constitution, the First Amendment of the Constitution. And this is what he had to say about this wall of separation or this metaphor that has been used to to describe this separation between the church and the state. He said, and I'm quoting him now, the wall of separation between church and state is a metaphor based on bad history, Hmm. a metaphor which has proved useless as a guide to judging it should be frankly and explicitly abandoned. Have mercy. (laughs) Wow.
0: (sighs) Anyone who goes for a walk through history knows that it's actually one of the best things that the United States did, having that separation between church and state.
3: And and they just, it's crazy that they tried to dismiss it as if it wasn't even a historical thing. Like Thomas Jefferson actually wrote about, and he used the phrase separation of church and state. He used the illustration of a wall, Mm. like being between the two. Thomas Jefferson was either one. Thomas Jefferson mm -hmm. was the first to basically. And so yeah to think that they've tried to just dismiss it as if it was just a metaphor based on bad history, they're basically trying to rewrite history to prove their point, yeah, uh, when they say that, which is just beyond me. Mm. It's interesting
2: because um I've been tracking the the Supreme Court discussions and debates because obviously it was it was a it was a heated debate mm. and and very much in the news headlines um whether whether Donald Trump would allow the incoming president to choose. Uh, the next Supreme Court justice or whether he would, you know, he would do it himself. And so uh, one of the the things that came through for me was the two different ways to interpret the Constitution. There are some justices that interpret it literally based on the intentions of of those that frame the Constitution. Mm -hmm. There's another group that want to simply... Look they want to administer the Constitution based on the context of where we find ourselves in right now. Mm-hmm. they are they are they are saying that, well, if they were back then, yeah, well, if they were, if we were able to transport the framers of the Constitution to 2020, they would frame it in a different way based on our current situation here, mm-hmm. and that's very interesting because um, yes. I look at Christianity and I don't want to sort of derail us and bring up a hot topic, but I will anyway, just just, just <laughs> as illustration, um, marriage. Mm. Okay, marriage for centuries, for millennia has been defined as one man and one woman. Mm -hmm. However, today we have in Christian circles, I'm not talking about outside of Christian circles, I'm talking about within Christianity itself, uh, there is a a growing push to reinterpret the Scriptures based on where we are today Mm -hmm. in order to be all-inclusive, in order to show love and respect um, to all. And that, you know, and so marriage, yes, once upon a time it was between one man and one woman. But if Jesus was here today, Him being full of grace and love and mercy. He would, he would, he would give his tick of approval to a marriage between two individuals who loved each other, regardless of whether they were the opposite sex. So it's fascinating so that we have that, yeah. we have that as well in religious circles, as well as in the government circles. So this, so basically, we have the, you know, uh, very much. Uh, Uh, a smorgasbord kind of approach Mm. to the constitution and there are no longer
3: absolutes Mm. and i think that's very dangerous yeah very true you know i maybe just something that we had said earlier um and i know you guys have covered this in earlier studies uh that the first beast of revelation 13 that the image is made to by the second beast the united states um, that they are not in favor of the separation of church and state and some listening, if you're turning, tuning in for the first time and you haven't heard the lead-up studies, you might feel like, well, no, the, the Roman church state system has since changed since the Dark Ages. It's not the same organization. They don't have the same principles. Uh, but listen to this. Pope Leo in 1888, he called uh, the separation between church and state a fatal theory and the greatest perversion of liberty— and that fatal principle of separation of church and state. Wow. Yeah. And so this is not something that has changed over time. And you may say, well, what, it's changed since 1888. Well, before this, it was ruled that, uh, and decided and declared the, that there was papal infallibility. In other words, anything said ex cathedra, such as this from a pope, could, has never been wrong. Anything that any pope has said or will say, you know, cannot be wrong. And uh, so, yeah, that's part of uh, something to keep in mind. That this this is something that's very present day. It's very real that there's still against the the union, or excuse me, uh, the separation mm. of government and religious powers. And uh, that's why the image of the beast that we see is an echo of that uh, old church state system, whose principles still stand in that area.
2: Mm. Yeah. If I could just add to that, if you take a look at um, even uh, A current catechism Uh, you know the Church of Rome's teaching instrument for teaching you know members of the church what the church believes and teaches and practices it's interesting there when when it comes to um, uh, Sunday legislation the the church is very open and makes it clear that that the government um, has a responsibility to ensure that workers and individuals are allowed to have Sunday as their day of worship, as their day for the family, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, if the government is to ensure that, in other words, bring in Sunday laws, Mm. which the United States had, which were in Europe as well, which are today, you know, beginning to, uh, there's there's a second wave, I guess, of, of Sunday legislation coming through, especially in Europe.
0: Um, Climate Sundays That's
2: right Climate Sundays So there's more and more And so where does that leave people Who worship on another day Mm -hmm. You know Maybe Saturday Or Friday um, You know Will the government make three days a week or four days a week um, just give everyone their own? I mean, it's going to be chaos. Mm, mm, and so, so it's interesting to see how, yeah, the church
3: still believes that the government ought to legislate mm. on, on, on matters of worship. Mm. Yeah. And just on that note, uh, Danny, you were mentioning earlier about how people wonder how on earth could this ever happen in America? You know, what the Bible predicts there in Revelation 13 of enforcement of worship you know it's so foreign to american principles right of freedom of religion they're enshrined in our constitution and uh, the separation of church and state but a lot of people don't realize and we talked a bit about this in our recent series america in the end and for any listeners who may have tuned into that uh, you may remember that we took a look at some of the laws in early america Mm. the early americans were fleeing from this church state system in england and uh, they were running away from persecution there, uh, but a number of them, the Puritans in particular, in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, they ended up uh, writing laws, and others as well in other areas, started uh, restricting the public offices to those who were of their church, and then they started writing laws, enforcing worship, forbidding certain things, and requiring others, and I mean, stuff like whipping people for swearing in public, Uh, They locked up a sea captain once in stocks for kissing his wife after being away for three months. Uh, He kissed his wife in public and he was locked in the stocks. Maybe there was a COVID problem.
2: (laughs) Maybe it was breaching COVID (laughs) rules of social distancing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, it even got worse than that. In 1610, there was a Sunday worship law. And by the way, these laws are called blue laws. They came to be known as blue laws. Uh, in large part because of the blue paper they were written on.
2: I was going to ask you that. Why? uh, You've answered that.
3: Yeah, but actually... It's very deep. (laughs) For for another time, it's really interesting that blue in the Bible is a symbol of God's law. Mm. And in Exodus, there's good reason for that, that maybe we could get into in a Bible study sometime. But yeah, the first Sunday blue law that enforced worship was in Virginia in 1610. And if you missed church twice, you were publicly whipped. Mm. And the third time, you were put to death.
2: Have you tried that on your church members?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Some had missed
2: for eight months straight and they're still missing. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it, yeah. It's, it seems so foreign yeah. to the American, and it's, it is foreign to the American um, founding documents, praise mm. God, but before those founding documents were written, there were these Sunday Blue Laws, and what's crazy is that there was an article recently in June of 2020 of this year of this guy, I think his name is Casey Chalk, C-H-A-L-K, look it up, and it's called Bring Back the Blue Laws. And he makes a case for how, because of COVID, we should return to these, uh, you know, these blue laws that were enforced early on in American history.
0: I've had that quote here.
3: Oh, share it, I think I
0: I took a note of it when you had it in the presentation. It was really good. So this is Casey Chalk, 2020. This is a quote. Americans in those early quarantine days after the haze of their Netflix binge had evaporated woke up with a surprised appreciation for what earlier generations had considered normal. Sunday laws, otherwise known as blue laws. As America returns to normality, we should consider these laws and their manifold benefits afresh. If promulgated in a prudent and focused way, that is, we're talking about Sunday laws, can cultivate virtue, strengthen neighborliness, and protect small businesses. Most importantly, they can help promote prayer and peace now when America needs them most. Wow. It's 2020.
2: That's huge, nope. and um, and maybe I could just chip in here with a bit of a commercial break. <laughs> um, we have mentioned this in the past, but I don't think we've mentioned it thus far. If you're interested in digging a lot deeper and finding a whole heap more important information on American in prophecy, Sharissa and Justin and Lyle, who is the host of the Morning Breakfast Show, uh, very recently uh, aired a nine-part series. America and the End, specifically on this topic. So nine 30-minute presentations plus Q&A at the (laughs) end of each of those Mm -hmm. uh, 30-minute presentations. And uh, if you haven't had an opportunity, uh, to see any of them, or maybe you've seen a few and you've, you've, you'd like to catch up, they're all on—they're all online, aren't they? Yeah, that's, they're all online. I'll give you the—I'll give you the address. It's all you need to go is go to theend.digital. Theend one word dot digital, and they're all there for you to view and pass on to your friends. Hmm. So um, I enjoyed watching those. <laughs> I, I need—I need to rewatch them because there was some there was some pretty heavy and amazing statements that you shared. And you've, you've shared a couple of them now. And, you know, just to get your head
3: around it, it's, mm. it you need to really listen to them at least a couple of times or more. Yeah. I mean, as we were studying and preparing for the presentations, just the amount of things that we learned as we did, it was really surprising and amazing. And um, it's, it's just incredible that uh, God doesn't want us to just wonder mm. and uh, not know, but He wants us to have surety from His Word. And when we understand His Word aright, um, and interpret and understand today's headlines through that, it's amazing to see how prophecy is being fulfilled. Mm.
2: Absolutely. And if I could just um, yeah, answer that question that you asked, Sharissa: how on earth is this you know, possible? How, how, how on earth will this take place? And you know, we're all asking that question. Uh, it's interesting what our Prime Minister of Australia said at the beginning of the pandemic mm. when he rolled out these crazy laws that we were all just thinking, no way. You know what I mean? I mean, this was just like unprecedented. Mm. We'd never seen or heard or even seen in a movie, anything like it. And I remember what he said. He said, unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures. Mm. That was his, That was one of his first press conferences in March. And, and the Bible does say, you know, Jesus says that our world before he comes will be in such turmoil... Uh, such as this world has never seen. Jesus talked about, you know, um, you know, fear and anxiety and so forth. Daniel speaks of a time of trouble such as the world has never seen. Daniel twelve one. And in the context of such upheaval, people will be seeking to turn back to God. And mm. there's a cry in America okay. by many yeah. religious leaders, we need to get this nation back to God.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's true. There'll be a true revival and a revival mm. that will... You talked about that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, there'll be a revival that will start to... Follow the lines of worshipping the beast mm. and his image. Um, yes, yeah, so interesting what we're talking about right now. I hope our listeners are enjoying this. This is cutting edge, relevant, uh, fresh information. And we have to go to another music break. We're going to listen to how deep the Father's love for us is. A beautiful song. Mm, but when we come back, we will continue with this incredible study. Good stuff. everyone that was a beautiful song and uh, we're continuing this incredible bible study and again looking at current events and how we're seeing these events just play right into where the bible said things would be heading at this time in earth's history and you know uh, it's very clear as we read revelation 13 that there's a an unholy union that develops between the first beast and the second beast. So they are talking about the Church of the Dark Ages, the medieval church, and also the United States, which we've identified. So there's an unholy union that develops. And we've basically been seeing over time this union come to be more and more obvious. I'm thinking about, I have one thing on my screen here, an article. by. On, it's actually the front page of Time magazine in 1992, it's got a picture of Reagan um, shaking Pope John Paul's uh, hand as he, as they're greeting him, and it's called "Holy Alliance." How Reagan and the Pope conspired to assist Poland's Solidarity movement alliance and hasten the demise of communism. Mm. That was just that's quite an epic. Mm. Um, cover for the magazine, you see that the leaders of those two powers coming together and showing friendship.
3: For sure. I think historically, that's the first time ever that a president and a pope, a United States president, certainly, and a pope work together for political means. That was in
0: 1992. So is there any other evidence that we can see
2: Well, that that front cover was from 1992, but they had cooked that plan up a lot longer, a a lot earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, because in 1992, I think Clinton was was, Mm, was the president at that time. But it's only... That, that's only when Time Magazine learnt about it and, that's right. and put it on the front cover, but certainly I have been tracking. Um, yeah, this this most unlikely alliance. I call it. I, I do a presentation on this, and I call it when opposites attract.
0: <laughs> I like that.
2: <laughs> and I start off with my wife and I. You know, we were just like on two in two different universes, <laughs> and 25 years later, it's a miracle we're still together. It's amazing. Um, I tell her um, the Lord put me into your life to build your character, to develop your character for the kingdom. And she kind of smiles and then cries a bit. So anyway, but um, yeah, when opposites attract, uh, you know, the United States built on a very different foundation... Um you know, post its constitution, not 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 prior, you know, not during the colonial period, as Justin pointed out, but built on a totally different platform. I guess it was an experiment, something brand new compared to the old world, where the church and state were in bed together. The United States said we're not going to be. so these two separate powers, but yet the Bible says they're going to come together in the United States will bring that complete healing to uh, the Church of Rome at the end of time in order that the world may worship it according to the dictates of the Church of Rome, which is ultimately um, the puppet of the dragon, according mm. to the book of Revelation. So I've been tracking this, and it's interesting. I'll give you some stats. I just went on to Google, and anyone can do this. Just go to Wikipedia and, um, and just take a look at the meetings between presidents and popes. Mm. And uh, between, uh, well, for the, between 1900 and 1950... There was one meeting hmm. between the president and the Pope. All right. In 50 years, one meeting. All right. So then let's, we go from 1951 to 1975. In 25 years, there's seven meetings
4: hmm.
2: between it's the growing. two. <laughs> it's growing. 1976 to 2000. So the next 25 years, 13 meetings. Hmm. So it's nearly doubled. And then you go from 2001 to 2020, this year, and there have been 10 meetings. Now, I don't know what the next five years are going to look, how many, whether we're going to top that 13, but you can clearly go, you know, like one in 50 years, then seven in 25, then 13 in the next 25, and then 10 in the next 20. So more and more of a more and more cooperation between you know between the two leaders yeah. of these two very different systems that will come together as revelation says
3: definitely and you've got in 1965 the first time that a pope stepped foot in the united mm. states of That's america right. That's and right. 50 years later in 2015 pope francis addressed the uh, united states congress and so the lawmaking branch of the united states that was, and that's a huge deal it
2: really is
0: even, i think it was 2016
3: 2016
0: that's okay closer.
2: i thought it was, no, it was 2015 15? 2015 yeah when he came the to the united states. <laughs> states and and he spent six days in the united states whereas uh the previous record for time in the u.s was two days by um pope benedict hmm. and before that it was just like you know a drop in for the day and so we go from you know one day to two days to six days and it's interesting when you take a look at the funeral of pope john paul ii yeah. i mean this was epic yes. this was on the front page of our herald Sun, you know here in australia and this was um this was the this was the the headline friday april 8 2005 um when John Paul II passed away, a powerful farewell mm. was the headline on the front page of the Herald Sun. And this is um, the comment below President George W. Bush, his father George Sr., and his predecessor Bill Clinton that's three presidents mm. paid respects to Pope John Paul II yesterday, along with there was Condoleezza Rice, mm-hmm. the Secretary of State, and uh, Laura Bush, the First Lady. At the time And uh, you know Not to be outdone The Daily Telegraph On that same day Had this headline Power and the passion Of a moment in history mm. wow. This had wow. never happened before That's yeah. front page Of of the Daily Telegraph Our own newspaper Here in Australia Back in 2005 And so before this There had never been A sitting um, US president Go to the funeral Of mm. a Pope wow. And here we have we have three presidents um, kneeling for five minutes um, before the body of of, of of the of the dead pope who mm. is lying there in state. Back in you know when JFK was president and the pope at that time died, he he being the first Catholic president of the United States of America, he did not dare go to the Vatican um, to give his respect to to the man that is the leader of the church that he is a part of. So things have completely changed.
0: Incredible. Oh. Yeah, well... Um on that note, I've just got here a quote. It's a tweet, actually, when the new Pope, Pope Francis, became Pope in 2013. <laughs> this is what Donald Trump tweeted. He said, The new Pope is a humble man, very much like me. I <laughs> know,
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. That. Oh, no. That's one of my favorite tweets. That's right up there, number one.
0: He says, um, He's a very humble man, very much like me, which probably explains why I like him so much. <laughs>
2: oh. And you know what? Donald Trump, he broke the record... Um, of, of any president after his inauguration in meeting with the Pope. Hmm, he broke really? the record. He, he got in there, I think, within the first five months hmm. wow. or something like that of his presidency. Here's, a, here's an interesting time um, front page. This is from April 14, 2008. And the front cover was, check this out. If this is not straight out of Revelation 13, I don't know what is. I'm telling you, the rocks are crying out. I just get so excited. That's why I subscribe to Time Magazine. They are The as rocks left, and
0: the magazines. Time Magazine are as
2: left as left you can get. Okay, so I love to go as far left as I can um, to, you know, because if they're saying it, then, I mean, God's like, he's, he's using the... Uh, <laughs> The mm-hmm. most dense rocks to get our attention. <laughs> and this is the front cover of that particular magazine. So that's April 14, 2008. You can Google it. You can check it out. And the front cover was, this is regarding Benedict's visit, just before his visit, Why the Pope Loves America. Oh, hello. <laughs> Why the Pope Loves America. That's on the front cover. And, uh-huh. um, and the subtitle of the, of, the, of the actual article inside, it was, I'm oh, sorry, yeah, the title was The American Pope. And here we go. The, this was the, uh, these were the words below that. On the eve of Benedict XVI's first papal visit to the Yes. The U.S. a revealing look at his long fascination with America and how it is shaping his vision for the world. Hmm. Hmm. If you're a student of Bible prophecy, yeah. that should be kind of like a no-brainer. Revelation 13 all over Yeah. It. Wow. Now, I've got another one. Can I share one more? Go ahead. Yeah. We got now, the time. This is not from 2008. This is from 2020. All right. So I get this in the letterbox. My wife sticks it on my table. And this is the front cover of... November 23. Okay, so what's today? November 23, 24, 25? 25. 25, 25? okay. But Time Magazine kind of like dates like a week or whatever in advance. Anyway, this, was, this came to my desk about a week or so ago, November 23 edition. And it's got a picture of um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris hmm. um, on the front cover um, on the evening when they... Became, I guess, president and vice president elect uh, when the news when the news outlets uh, proclaimed them as victorious, and they're holding hands. So that doesn't look very COVID safe. But anyway, they're holding <laughs> hands. I guess it's
3: a special the occasion. Ma- they have masks on, so that's they what. do have masks.
2: Yeah, they've got two black masks on, and the and the front cover the headline is a time to heal a time to Mm. heal
0: and I'm
2: like this is incredible could this be the beginning of the healing because we know from Revelation 13 very clearly verse 12 it's right there and I'll read it the United States is the one that brings about the healing of the deadly wound to the church of Rome that will ultimately rule and reign throughout the whole world with its agenda of worship Mm. And so that's what it says. It says, And he, that is the United States of America, exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth, so that's the whole world, and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was what? Healed. Healed. And what does it say?
0: Time Time to heal. We're looking at the actual Uh, magazine. Time time to heal.
2: It's incredible. Could it be that God is about to say, Time to let the winds go. Time For the healing to fully take place It's been mm. happening little by little It has but, been But mm. the United States will be the one That brings about the complete healing
3: oh. According to scripture
0: The scar tissue is going to disappear
3: Hold on Alright I'll keep quiet for a bit That's, that's <laughs> incredible And you know um, The fact is that Back in the eighteen, late 1800s Anytime before the year 1900 And even into probably 1940, 50 And whatnot, But definitely the late 1800s If you had told someone that this who had never heard this or seen this from the Bible before in Revelation 13 that the United States would combine with the Roman church state system that there would be a trampling upon of conscience uh, freedom of religion would disappear they would think you're absolutely out of your mind but it actually, uh, as we're looking at it today, it's like every single day there are more news headlines, practically every day. You know, it used to be you'd have to wait a few years <laughs> to see a headline that fulfilled prophecy that you could so share cute. with people in Bible study. And now it's like literally almost every single day, multiple things and, um, you know, prophecy is being fulfilled very quickly. But back in the 1880s, actually 1888, There had been a push amongst temperance societies in the United States of America, the temperance unions, and the Christian churches to get work on Sunday to be forbidden by law. They wanted a Sunday law to be passed so that no one could work on Sundays, of course, unless you're an emergency worker and absolutely have to. And interestingly enough, they finally gained the support of a senator named Henry Blair. And so in 1888, on May 21, he proposed... To the United States Senate, a bill. It was bill number 2983, and it was called the Sunday Rest Bill. Mm. And I'll just share one line from it. It read, A bill to secure to the people the enjoyment of the first day as a day of rest and to promote its observance as a day of religious worship. Now, you know, it basically lists what you can and can't do. There were a few people that spoke in concern about this and against this, and one of them was uh, a man named Alonzo T. Jones. He was a Seventh-day Adventist professor at the Battle Creek College, the Adventist Battle Creek College there, and he was a history professor. And he spoke at length. In fact, he spoke for 90 minutes, and Senator Blair, who was the chair of the meeting... Interrupted him 169 times. Wow! Within 90 minutes, constantly interrupting him, and but God just really gave him clarity and wisdom to be able to present this in the most winsome way. At one point, Senator Blair said, "Well, you're a, a Seventh Day Adventist. What if the Sunday law? What if the law said that everyone had to rest on Saturday? I suppose you'd love that then, right?" And he said, "Well, actually, sir, no, because we believe that the Bible should." The Bible says that we shouldn't prescribe legally Mm. a certain method of worship, even if it's the right thing according to the Bible, Mm. it shouldn't be required by law. Mm. And praise God, the bill was shot down. And uh, it didn't end up happening, and that was definitely a good thing. And fast forward to 1976, Christianity Today author Harold Lindsay wrote this. All businesses, including gasoline stations, that's petrol stations, restaurants should close every Sunday by force of legislative fiat through the duly elected officials of the people. Hmm. And so you fast forward almost 100 years and beyond and you have Christian leaders pushing for there to be uh, a law forbidding work on Sunday to honor it as the day of the Lord. Incredible
0: stuff. This is so interesting and can't wait to keep going after we have another music break. I think it was Al Gore that said that when you watch the evening news, it's like taking a nature hike through the book of Revelation. (laughs) Um, Let's listen to this beautiful song. Arise alumni, they're going to sing their song they wrote called Arise.
6: From distant lands and across the seas, God called us together as a family.
5: In breaking of bread and daily fellowship, in doctrine and prayer we became a queer.
4: Arise,
5: shine,
4: for your light is come,
5: and the glory
4: of the Lord is risen upon me. Is the time to live for God's kingdom, to heal the broken hearts and set the captives free. We
5: know the harvest is great, but the
6: United by the spirit and a single goal To share the gospel and to save lost souls Arise,
4: shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee Now is the time to live for God's kingdom To heal the broken hearts and set the captives free
6: To us, ever patiently, through the struggles and the. Va- Time has come for us to part. We'll keep the memories stored within our hearts. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. Now is the time to live for God's
4: kingdom, to heal the broken hearts
6: and set the captives free. To heal the
0: broken hearts and set the captives free. And welcome back, everyone. It has been an epic afternoon here as we've been on the Looking Up show and we've been looking at what is happening in the world and how it's happening just as the Bible said in Bible prophecy. And Danny, you had something else you wanted to share with us. You've been sharing some amazing uh, magazine titles and covers, but you got some more. What else have you got? Well, yeah,
2: back to Time Magazine. Um, I guess Jesus did say we need to know the signs of the times. He did. (laughs) I don't don't know whether he was making any reference to Time Magazine. That's just like a really bad joke. Dad. Dad Man, that's a bad day
0: i liked it, you like that it one, yeah.
2: anyway um yeah this one this one comes straight out of um independence day this is this is their big day july mm. 4 um 2011 so this is the july 4 2011 edition of time magazine and the front cover uh just for our listeners so you can picture what's what's going on we've got the we've got the the constitution i guess or the declaration of independence that's the mm. declaration of independence mm. and um and it's going through the shredder the declaration of independence 1776 that's the july 4 it's going through the <laughs> shredder um, bit by bit you can clearly see it and the the wow. headline the headline is does the u.s constitution still matter Wow. Does the U.S. Constitution still matter? And it's a fascinating read, that article, as I was reading, and I mentioned earlier, where there's debate whether the things that were written in the Constitution some 200-plus years ago are applicable for our time today. Mm. A little bit like what Christians say. You know, can we really apply the Bible from 2,000 years ago and beyond to our day it doesn't really speak to our day. A lot of people say, "You know mm-hmm. what I mean." So it's the same kind of deal. Yeah. So does the U.S. Constitution still matter, especially since two thousand and one, when things really began to change in the United States of America and freedoms were taken away. September that, eleven. September eleven. Exactly right. So yeah, it's it's fascinating that in the wake of a crisis, uh, the incredible changes that can come to pass and very quickly. And we have been told, according to scripture, and. And, uh, yeah, the woman who wrote the great controversy that we'll be giving at the end of the program that that the final movements of Earth's history will be rapid ones. They'll be rapid. And Jesus Mm. said that also with the labor pain analogy that he gave. So we can clearly see it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there is a free offer still uh, for the first caller in. I don't think we've had one yet. But if you're thinking about how you'd like to get a copy of that, try and contact us straight away because the chances you will get in. And um, Justin... We haven't. I, mean, I, I said it at the beginning, but we didn't really get to it about talking about the Supreme Court and is yeah. there anything significant about that? Um, about yeah, what we're talking about?
3: Absolutely, great question. I'm glad you asked. So, uh, in our presentations on America, in the end, Lyle actually shared something that was new to me that I'll just share, and that's that there have, and I think the number is up one now because of the new Supreme Court justice in the history of America since the founding, the start of the Supreme Court in. 18, 1789, there have been a total of 116 justices appointed to serve on the Supreme Court. Okay. Um, of those 116, uh, including Amy Coney Barrett, the new Supreme Court justice who was just appointed, there have been a total of 14 that are Catholic. And wow. so, 14 out of the 116. Wow. And get this, there are seven, including Amy Coney Barrett now, there are seven that are currently serving. So literally oh, oh, oh. half of all of the Catholic Supreme Court justices that have ever been on the Supreme Court, half of them are on now. That's phenomenal. And so there's been a, a shift over the years, and I'll just pause here to say it and clarify, we're not saying that if someone is uh, of the Catholic faith that they're automatically against you know, the separation of church and state like, right. the, like Pope Leo uh, said so clearly that we read earlier. And um, But because the church's principles are so against the separation of church and state and America is so um, traditionally, because of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, our founding documents are so in favor of the separation of church and state and religious freedom, it is pretty concerning that so many members of a church that is against those principles uh, are in power in such a high place in the United States.
0: That's amazing. And it's
2: fascinating that... The other two justices are Jews and there's not one Protestant on the Supreme Court bench right Mm. now. Amazing.
0: (laughs) Protestant America. uh, If you you would
2: have said that 250-odd years ago or less, just under, you know, when the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution was formed and so forth, um, you would have been laughed out of town. You would have been laughed out of town that not one Protestant would serve as a Supreme Court justice. There would come a time. So, Mm. yeah, but we're living in strange and unusual times. That's right. Absolutely.
0: Change comes one step at a time, and I think what we've been sharing—different headlines—has been highlighting the steady tread of events that have been leading to great changes in our world. Um, did you have any other quotes or comments you want to add? I've got now, one here. If you, yeah, yeah you, you I,
2: I do have. Um, this is—it was interesting in the lead up to the previous election. Um, Back in 2016, when it was Hillary and uh, Mr. Trump going toe-to-toe, <laughs> we, we had um, Donald Trump address uh, an, an evangelical group of leaders, prominent leaders in the United States of America. I think there was about six or 700 of them uh, that he addressed. And this was the headline of, yes, you guessed at what magazine? I don't, I don't need to tell you what magazine.
0: <laughs> Not Signs of the Times. No. <laughs> it was Times, but Time, it was Time yes.
2: magazine. <laughs> so, yes, you do have Signs of the Times. That is a good magazine. Well, this <laughs> one's Time magazine. Um, and that was back in August 15, 2016. This was the headline. Donald Trump vowed to close the gap between church and state. Hmm. So if he was elected, he said, I'm going to give you back your voice And, uh, you know, I'm going to ensure that, you know, you will not lose your not-for-profit status Mm. if you speak out on behalf of a political party. Um, You can speak out all you like if I become president and you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be reprimanded or, or negatively affected financially in any which way. Because in America, if you want to be a church... Um, well, if you want to be a religious organization, there's what? What do they call it? The something C non profit organization, non profit 451c or whatever. I can't remember what, 301c. 301c. <laughs> I knew it was something C. <laughs> you had the C, right? You <laughs> had the C bar, right? 301c. Um, that yeah, you, you cannot, you know, you cannot give funds from your church to political parties mm-hmm. and. And, yeah, you got to be very careful when it comes to, you know, the separation between church and state. But he said, I'm going to throw that all out the window and give you your voice back. Mm. If you vote for me, I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to close the gap between church and state, according to that article. And yeah. I think
3: a lot of the reason that he did that was because, uh, as we saw in the years to follow, the the Christian right and many megachurch pastors became some of his strongest proponents. Oh, absolutely. And they were like campaigners, you know. Yeah, I mean, they were... They were they were telling their churches they had to vote for him. Obviously, they had the choice, but you know, they were encouraging that. And there are reasons why many Christians in America choose uh, many of them choose to be Republican because of the values of the Republican Party mm-hmm. traditionally. But yeah, I think that Trump probably did that in large part to gain the support oh, of the ministers the and of the pastors. But it's shocking, the headline. I mean, <laughs> he vowed to close the gap between church and state. I know, it's I
2: know. I know. It's just, it is incredible.
0: So it just goes to show that the fulfillment of prophecy isn't dependent upon either side of politics. Mm. It can come from either way. Yeah, okay.
2: And yeah. I think, and this is an interesting point that you raised because I've been asked not I've been sort of, you know, pondering on, on where could this uh, legislation that the Bible speaks of, this Sunday legislation, uh, come into America from? Will it come from the Republicans, the Democrats, or some privateer, mm-hmm. you know, some independent? And it really matters not mm-hmm. um, because it, the Bible clearly says it will come from the United States of America. How it comes, when it comes, you know, that's, that, that's for us to see in, in mm-hmm. the coming days. And, but at the end of the day, we saw with COVID, Yes. With COVID, whether whether you have a Republican government or whether you have a Democratic government, whether you're the, with a Liberal or the Labour in charge in Australia, whether it's the Conservatives or whoever they're in, in the UK, it matters not, at the end of the day, when a crisis comes, everyone has to jump on board. Everyone has to jump into line. All mm. the world leaders, they jump into line because it's either sink or swim together. Yep. You know, as one commentator put it, it's either one world or none. Mm. One world <laughs> or none. <laughs> so... um so, yeah, it matters not, you know, who's in government, um, but what will matter is yeah, the situation in this
3: world. Yeah, definitely. And it's, um, we were talking about this in the live Q&A after one of the presentations, and uh, I think we were talking about it after the live Q&A, but Matt said, you know, we know the Bible says that at the end of time, um, what happened to Jesus as he went to the cross mm is a small microcosm. It's a small picture that will be played out on a larger scale at the end of time in the person of Christ's people, Mm. the body of Christ, the church, right? right? And uh, in Jesus' day, it was the the left and the right, the Pharisees or the Sadducees and the Pharisees Mm. that got together and they worked together. Even though they hated each other, they ended up working together and um, pled with the Roman... Civil power to actually carry out the deed of crucifying Christ. Mm. And so you had this, you had this left and right, and it's not one or the other. There are good people on both sides that will see and hear God's voice and say, no, we're not a part of this. Uh, But yeah, the organizations and the people on both sides will come together persecute God's people along with the you know the Roman power
0: nothing unites people like having a common enemy Mm, true (laughs) and uh, yeah so interesting what we've been talking about today I've just got one thing in front of my eyes here it was um, something in the Catholic Herald in 2017 February and it was the says Pope Francis sent a video message to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but America, you know, is wow. got 3, 314 plus million people. The Super mm-hmm. Bowl viewing audience is approximately 100 million Americans wow. and the Pope mm-hmm. sent a video to be played during that event, because wow. yeah. he knows where the audience was. <laughs> but right. it's just amazing things that have been happening, and, uh, and
2: there's been, um, yeah, there there has been uh, an interesting um, coming together of Protestants and Catholics in yes. recent years, <laughs> and we don't have time to no. unpack that today. And and the climate, we're going to deal with the climate, but I think we're going yeah. to look at that next week. And oh, yes, Justin will be back with us, Sharissa. I understand.
3: Yes. I'll during, make sure. You twist, twist his
2: arm. You twist his <laughs> arm. During the
3: last song break, I got an invite to come back next Yay! week.
2: Yeah. We're all happy.
0: Hey, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. We've got so much. We've only really scratched the yeah, surface exactly. of the evidence of what's happening. We've still got to talk about big tech and how big tech's controlling yeah uh... public thought and even the expression of thought right now it's fascinating uh... looking at a further development between union of church and state and climate change climate Mm. sundays that's something very interesting and Mm -hmm. uh... Yes, I think that, that was what we're going to look at There's next a lot week. more to talk So that's all
2: next week. You're right, Sharissa. We're going to unpack all that next week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, again, if you are re- listening to this and you just think this is amazing stuff like we do, then you will want to get your hands on a copy of uh, The Great Controversy. And also, you may want to look deeper into this subject and you can go on to the the end.digital website, and there you will find the latest America and the End series. It was just released around the election. And uh, yeah, you'll, it's a nine part series, and it's just, you can go there and just continue to dig deeper into these themes. It's really amazing uh, to see how Bible prophecy is coming alive. So the website again is www.theend.digital. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we wrap this up for nah, this segment?
3: Thanks for the opportunity to be here. You know, talking about uh, these incredible themes from scripture is uh, such a blessing to be able to do.
2: Mm. Amen. Yeah, uh, I guess I just want to briefly share Second Peter chapter one verse nineteen is one of my favorite scriptures. You know, we have a more sure word of prophecy, Amen. which you do well to heed. Um, as a light that shines in a dark place. Mm. And so, yeah, thank God for Bible prophecy. Amen. It's just so powerful.
0: Amen. Yes, when we know Jesus, mm. we can be with him and we can be safe with him and anywhere with Jesus we can safely go. Amen. It's been such a wonderful uh, study. I'm so glad Justin could be with us as well. And we're going to break now to a final song in this program, Lead Me.
6: I see my beautiful wife always smiling, but on the inside.
0: such a good time that we've been able to share together. We hope that you've enjoyed this program as much as we have. I've really enjoyed the discussion this afternoon and um, as always, we have a really exciting reminder for you, and I'm going to throw to Danny. And so, what's the reminder that we want to give to people? Okay,
2: folk, we have been promoting and advertising this book called *The Great Controversy*. Every single person needs to read this book right now. A book published um, more than a century ago, but very relevant for today Uh, the history of the christian church from the days of the destruction of jerusalem all the way to the end if you want to have that book it's a free book here faith fm 1-800-324-843 call us or text us on 0491 064 669 first caller in gets that book and you need to read that book
0: I couldn't agree with you more, Danny. I've just actually been, again, reading it over myself, and it's just amazing. Very faith-affirming, very encouraging.
2: Powerful, inspiring.
0: Powerful, yep, inspiring, every good word we can think of. (laughs) And uh, on that note, we just also want to remind you that if you've been enjoying this afternoon's uh, time together, that you can actually catch up on past programs, podcasts, they're called, uh, on the website. And so that website, again, is faithfm.com. So you can go there and find all the previous episodes. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just been such a great time. And I'm really looking forward to next week where we continue what we started today. And Justin's coming back to join us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got hot topics next week. Uh, climate change, big tech, um, how we, how Protestant America is responding to all the changes don't miss it. Tell your friends about it and be sure to be there. And on that note, we want to encourage you all wherever you are to keep looking up because these things are pointing us to the fact that Jesus is coming very, very soon. So remember that. Keep looking up. If you're driving, watch the road. But if you're not driving, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon.
7: looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea I know His love is there for me We make our plans And still it's God who directs our ways He knows each step I make He knows each breath I take It's in our darkest hour We find our greatest need He knows what's best For you and me Keep looking up Don't give up Don't give up When there's pain Deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your kiss He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me Every trial we face, precious lessons we can learn. My faith grows stronger and His plan for me more clear. His hand cuts diamonds from all we see as simple stones. I've learned to place my trust in Him Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start of the sea, His love is always there for me. love is always there for me Ooh. His love is always there for me